0: Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. Produced and erected by the Foundation for a Better Life, values.com. And on every billboard, there's a picture of a famous person with some type of a saying that deals with character, and then it will say pass it on. They'll have the picture of the person and a great saying, and then it'll say pass it on. Well, the one I like has a big picture of John Wayne on it, and his quote is, "Don't much like quitters, son. Grit, pass it on." And that's really true. We just don't like quitters. Uh, we we read the stories in the in the Old Testament of of Terah, had a chance to go all the way to Canaan, and decided to stop at Haran, the land of halting and delay, turned aside and missed the fullness of God, quit too soon. Moses uh, quitting, leaving Egypt, fleeing to the desert, Uh, we don't like that story very well. Elijah running from the, the fierce wrath and anger of Jezebel. Israel stopping short of coming into Canaan land. I mean, they're standing on the brink of the fullness of God. They have the evidence of God's provision in their hands. They can see it, and yet all they can see are the giants that makes them feel like grasshoppers, and they quit. Or maybe uh, Judas' betrayal. Or the disciples denying and forsaking the Lord. Or Paul writing about Demas saying, Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present generation. We just don't like quitters. Read an article said that it's always too soon to quit. Just don't much like quitters, son. And on the other hand, we love those who persevere. We we get inspired by those who will not quit and will not give up regardless of the circumstances that they face. Daniel going through the den of lions, even praying when they tell him not to. The, uh, the, the three Hebrew boys uh, standing out because they're willing to stand up and not bow to the king, even if they face the fiery furnace. We like uh, Paul, who writes that he was never disobedient to his heavenly vision, no matter what he faced in persecution. We love the story of Jesus that though he was rejected and despised of his own, he came to his own and his own received him not, but for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, seated at the right hand of the majesty on high. He never quit. In fact, J. Oswald Chambers in his book about spiritual leadership and intimacy with God says that in 2 Corinthians, uh, Chronicles, uh, 2 Corinthians and Galatians, five times... Paul writes about not quitting, that he didn't lose heart, that he wouldn't stop short. He was um, entrusted with the ministry so he wouldn't quit. He was endowed with strength. He was endued with the Spirit. He was engrossed with the eternal. He was encouraged by the promise of a harvest, and because of that, he would not stop. He would not be wearied in well-doing. He was going to reap in due season if he wouldn't quit. Never quit. Never quit. Stop, never grow tired is what he writes. And so we've been talking about there are some things that we need to quit and some things that we don't need to quit. And so I want to try to end that by talking to you about one thing or two things that we need to quit. If we're ever going to be the conqueror, the victor that God intended for us to be in Christ Jesus, there are some things we need to get over. And so I want to talk to you this morning simply about get over it. <laughs> I want you to turn with me to the book of Psalms, chapter 18. This is the songbook in the Old Testament. So turn to the songbook, turn to page 18, and I want us to read, before we read the verse of scripture, I want you to notice why and when this psalm or this song was written. Sometimes we don't read the heading. But this heading tells you who wrote it, why it was written, and when it was written. And I want you to notice this. To the chief musician, a psalm or a song of David, the servant of the Lord, who spoke to the Lord the words of this song on the day that the Lord delivered him from the hand of all his enemies and from the hand of Saul. And he said, this song was written when God had delivered David from all. You remember what? Pastor Steve says all means in Hebrew and Greek, all, from the hands of all of his enemies and Saul. At the moment that he realized that God had brought him through it, and it was over, he wrote this song, a song of triumph and jubilation, and there's great stanzas and lines to this song, but the one that I want you to notice is verse 29, or line 29, and he says, For by you, I have run through a troop. By God, I have run through every obstacle that was set before me. I have conquered every enemy that came against me. By you, Lord, I can run against the enemy. I can run through the troop. And by my God, I have leaped over a wall. Amen in Pentecostal circles people used to get rather exuberant in their praise and at the end of one service I'll never forget the guy is trying he's, I mean the Holy Spirit's moved and he's been shouting and praising God and he's all exuberant and he comes running up and he says I feel just like David I could run through a wall and jump over a troop well kind of got that mixed up just a little bit Because David said, by God, I have run through the truth, and through him I have leaped over the wall. Now, what's he saying? He is saying, Lord, every attack of the enemy, every army that surrounded me, whether it was a frontal assault, an assault from behind that I wasn't aware of, whether they came from the sky, it didn't matter which way the army came. It didn't matter the way the army was arrayed against me. I scattered them. I ran through them. By your power, I overcame them. I conquered the Philistines. I conquered every enemy's attack. And no matter what God brought against, what the enemy brought against me, God brought me through it. He got me through it. Oh, hallelujah. And then he said, but not only did you bring me through every attack and obstacle of the enemy, but no matter how high the fortress, no matter how large the stronghold, no matter how difficult the fort, no matter how high the place was, God not only brought me through it, but by my God, He got me over it. I was able to leap over every stronghold and everything that the enemy brought against me. Now, you see this constantly in David's life. You remember when the Philistines came against him. And he goes out to attack them. And he asks the Lord, uh, do you want me, how do you want me to defeat them? And the Lord said, wait in the mulberry trees. And when you hear the footsteps of the conquering army of God, when you wait in the mulberry trees, they'll begin to rustle the leaves. And the footsteps of God's army will come to your rescue. And when you hear the sound in the mulberry trees, go against the army and you can run through them and you can scatter the troops. By my God, I've run through every attack of the enemy. I made it through it. And when Jebus resisted him, David goes up, or David's men goes up the gutter spout, and they conquer that waterless, desolate city, that high place, that obstacle called Jebus, They overwhelm the enemy. They destroy the stronghold of the devil. They turn Jebus, the the trodden down place to Jerusalem, the city of God's peace. David said, it doesn't matter what every obstacle and attack the enemy brings through me, I get through it. And no matter what structure is set against me, God gets me over it. Well, hallelujah. And you know what the result of that is? (laughs) That is a victory. So wonderful. So exciting so complete, so exuberating that all you can do is sing and shout. When did David write this song? When God had brought him through every troop when God had taken him over every obstacle, when all of his enemies had been defeated and Saul was no longer a threat and persecuting him, when David had made it through it all, the only thing left to do was to start singing and to shout and to dance wildly in the presence of God because by my God, I've made it through it and by my God, I can make it over it. Well, amen. Some of you are not quite there yet. He brought me through it. Well, look at David. He brought him through the Philistines. He brought him through the attack of the devil with the passion of Bathsheba. He thinks he's going to die because he sinned against God. And yet God brings him through it. And Nathan comes and says, David, you are not going to die. God hath laid your sin upon another. You're going to live. He made it through it. And not only did he make it through the persecution of Saul, he made it through the persecution of his own son. Absalom rebels against him, drives him from the throne in Jerusalem. He leaves Jerusalem in shame. And as he's going, Shimei comes against him and curses him and hurls stones at him, calls him a dead dog, curses him in the name of the Lord, and he leaves Jerusalem in shame. Oh, but when the story's over, God brought him through it. And instead of out in the wilderness and in exile, he's back exalted to the throne. Absalom is defeated. The forces of the enemy are put to flight. And David's setting back on the throne. When David sinned greatly in his own pride, lifted up in his own heart, and numbered the people, and God's going to bring judgment upon him. Three months of famine, three months in the hands of your enemy, or three days with the plague. And David says, oh, I have already know. God's already brought me through all of this. I'm going to fall into the hands of the Lord. Let it be the plague. And for three days, 70,000 people in Israel are destroyed. And it looks like God's going to destroy Jerusalem because of the pride of David's heart. But God stops at the threshing floor of Arno. And David offers up a sacrifice to God and the plague is stayed. And when it's all over, David said it doesn't matter what enemy is brought against me. It doesn't matter what troop has been arrayed against me. My God's brought me through it. He brought me through the persecution. He brought me through the passion of my own heart. He brought me through the pridefulness of my own spirit. He brought me through everything. My God brought me through it. And so he dances wildly in the presence of the Lord. If you don't believe that, go read 2 Samuel again. He takes 30,000 musicians out into the wilderness to bring up the ark of God's glory. He strips off the royal robe of his his kingship. His wife said he uncovered himself. David said, I've abased myself. I've become like a priest in the presence of God. And he strips everything off. And she says, you're exposing yourself. And he said, you haven't seen anything yet, honey. Because I want to tell you, by my God, he brought me through the truth. He conquered all of my enemies. When I thought I was overwhelmed, my God broke in and brought me through it. And the only thing I can do is sing. And the only thing I can do is shout. And the only thing I can do is dance wildly in the presence of the God that brought me through it. Oh, hallelujah. Any of you ever been there? Sin and shame was overwhelming. Caught in the throes of your own decisions. The gates of hell staring you in the face. And all of a sudden, my God, all of a sudden, God shows up with mercy. God shows up with love. God shows up with forgiveness. God shows up with grace. And I become a new creation in Christ Jesus. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. He brought me through it. Oh, (laughs) hell. Your own guilt. Your own temptation. Oh, you've never been there? Where the fires of temptation burn so strong and you've fought so long and you've struggled and done everything in your power that you know to do. And it looks like in spite of every promise you've stood on and every prayer you prayed, temptation's going to burn like a fire and you're going to be consumed with the same sins God delivered you from. And all of a sudden, my God... All of a sudden, my Lord shows up and says you're more than a conqueror through him that loved you. Greater is he that is within you than he that is within this world. They that be for us are more than they that be for them. If God be for you, who can be against you? In him you triumph and he brings you through it. Oh, you've never been in the throes of pain that you can't bear it anymore your nerves are frayed, your body's aching and it looks like the enemy's going to conquer and all of a sudden, my God, Becomes Jehovah Rapha, and by his stripes we were healed, and with his stripes we are healed. And the prayer of faith saves the sick, and the Lord himself raises us up. And if we've committed sins, they're forgiven us. And all of a sudden, it doesn't matter that the doctor's shaking his head, it doesn't matter what C word he's used to describe the situation. My God becomes Jehovah Rapha, and he breaks through. Oh, you've never prayed cried until you can't cry anymore and your sorrow is overwhelming and the tears are dry heaves and all of a sudden God breaks in with joy unspeakable and full of glory and the oh you, you haven't suffered the sorrow of loss and the sadness so strong that you can't bear it and it looks like it's going to overwhelm you and all of a sudden the night of that sorrow lifts and joy comes in the morning and my God brought me through it The relationship was broken severed shattered your hearts in shambles and you believe that nothing's ever going to change and all of a sudden my God shows up and he takes the broken pieces And as Jesus said he would in Luke chapter 4, he binds up the brokenhearted. He proclaims liberty to the captive. And every relationship you thought was broken is restored by the power of God. And you can stand with David and say, my God, brought me through it. And I can't believe you're sitting there. Has he ever brought you through anything? Well, there's only one thing you can do. If you're David, you can write a song. If you're like me, you can't write and you can't sing. There's only one. You just shout. You just start thanking God. You just glorify the name of the Lord. You're like David. You strip off all the royal robes. You expose yourself and abase yourself. And you begin to dance wildly in the presence of God. And you shout, he brought me through it. Anybody ever bring you through anything quick? Amen. Some of you. But David didn't stop by saying he brought me through it. David says right in the middle of that song, you got to get over it. Because the problem is so many of us have been brought through things. And we dance wildly. And we shout. And we sing. But we never got over it. We relive it. We rehash it. We rehearse it. He, he brought you through the persecution, but you've never gotten over it. He brought you through the broken relationship, but you've never gotten over it. He brought you through the hurt, but there's still bitterness in your heart. He brought you through the shattered relationship, but you're still living in the throes of the brokenness. David says the God that brought you through it is the same God that will take you over it. Not only can you run through the troop, you can leap over the wall. He'll get you over it. And you're never going to be what God wants you to be until he gets you over it. He can't use you like he wants to use you until not only you make it through it, but until you get over it. God didn't just bring David through it. He brought him over it. Oh. It, it, Brother Bob, okay, go back and read the story. The persecution of Saul's over. Yeah. He's through it. But then here comes Mephibosheth, Saul's grandson. Yeah. Aha! Grandson of the one who persecuted me, chased me into the wilderness, treated me like a mad animal. I'll get him. Not when God gets you over it. That's right. Because instead of mistreating Mephibosheth, David brings him into his own courtroom. The heir, the kingship is sitting at David's table. The man that has been defiled with the brokenness of his feet has his broken feet under David's table of grace. And David treats him not like an enemy, but like a king's son. He got through it, but he got over it. And when he comes back into Jerusalem after Absalom's rebellion, Shimei comes, same one that cursed him and threw rocks at him. One of David's mighty men said, i tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to take my sword and I'm going to kill him. He cursed the king, and David said, no, you're not. This is not a day of death. This is a day of life. This is a day of resurrection. This is a day of victory. This is the day God brought me through it, but he not only brought me through it, he took me over it. I'm not going to do anything. And Bathsheba, oh, you remember the story. The child conceived in their passion becomes sick and ill. David strips his clothing, becomes a, a... A humble beggar in the presence of God begins to to fast, dust on his head, cries and weeps so much in the throes of sadness over the sickness and impending loss of his son that the people are afraid he's going to die. And the moment he sees them talking, they don't want to tell him what's happened. Because if we tell him what's happened, if he acted like that when the son's dying, what's he going to do when he finds out the boy's dead? And and he he sees them whispering, and he knows, and he asks, and they said, yes, the son's dead, as God prophesied that he would be. And the Bible said, David gets up, and he washes himself, and he changes his clothes, and he sits down to a meal, and then he goes into the presence of God. And you know why? God not only got him through it, God got him over it. David said, "I, I can't bring the boy back. But by my God, I can go where the boy is. And and what David said is God will not only bring you through your situation, God will get you over it, over the brokenness, over the bitterness, over the pain, over the shattered relationship, over everything you've gone through. He not only gets you through it, he'll get you over it. How? Close. Well, go look at the disciples. They had denied him, forsook him, all like sheep, having no shepherd. scattered. Three times Jesus appears after the resurrection to get them through it. Upper room, showed him his hands and his side. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. A week later, he's there again saying, look, here I am. I'm resurrected. I've conquered everything. Uh, Mark says he appeared to them the third time and upbraided them because of the hardness of their heart and unbelief. Through his appearances, he gets them through it but he's got to get them over it. If he doesn't get them over it, they'll never turn the world upside down. And so what does he do? He says, "Uh, go tell my disciples, and who? Peter. I go before you into Galilee, back to Gabtha, the very place he called them to be followers and fishers of men. And when they get to the seashore, it's a prepared place. It's a prepared time. You know what it is? It's the dawn of a new day. The night of disobedience and denial is now over and you're entering into the dawn of newness, he's going to get you over it. It's a prepared place, a prepared time, and a prepared meal. Oh, They haven't caught anything, empty boats, empty nets, empty hearts, cast your net on the right side, 153 so great, so many, that's got to be the Lord. But when they get to the prepared place, at the prepared time, they have a prepared meal. (coughs) And there's bread and fish on the fire. And the Lord says, come and dine. And he renews their communion. Oh, no, I wouldn't. These are the guys that forsook me, denied me. Said they didn't know me. The worst moment of my life left me alone. to die on a, 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 a Roman cross on a Judean hillside in shame? And he says, hey guys, come and dine. He's got to get them over it. And then after the meal, correction, three times, you love me, you know, the story. And then he renews their commission. Feed my sheep, feed my lambs. How did he get them through it? By appearing to them. How did he get them over it? Through the prepared meal. I want to tell you, God's brought me through. Can anybody say that? Don't can anybody? Say hallelujah, God's brought me through some things. Hallelujah. hallelujah. But he wants to get you over it. And you know how he does it? Communion. Paul says as often as you eat this bread and drink this blood, as often as you partake in this meal, you do show forth the Lord's death until he comes. You show forth the fact that because his body was broken, your brokenness is healed. He's the bread of life. And he allowed himself to be broken. Why? So that he can get you over it. So that every brokenness in your life will be healed. And he said, as you drink this blood, you show forth the power of his death, not only the death, but the resurrection, so that when you drink this, his blood cleanses you from all your bitterness. So that as you break the bread, your brokenness is healed because he was broken for your brokenness. And as you drink this juice, this blood, then all of your bitterness is wiped away and cleansed because that's why he shed his blood. And you're showing forth not only his death, but the power of his resurrection that he conquered sin, conquered Satan, conquered hell, conquered the grave, conquered death, conquered everything. And he lives in the newness of life. And if he brought you through it, then as you take this meal, he'll get you over it. And so i got a simple message. Get over it. And, and I know every time we talk like that, people hate those three words. Don't they? Don't they? Because nearly always we do it too soon. You know, two weeks later, and you're still in grief. And people say, "Tari, you need to get over." No, 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 no. God knows. God knows. Exactly. He brought you through it. But He's going to get you over it, <laughs> so that they can turn the world upside down, so that you can be everything God. You can't keep. Li- living through it, you've got to get over it. Let him have your brokenness this morning. Let him have your bitterness. He's going to get you over it. I want you to stand with me right now. And we're going to do it with communion. Now we're going to do it different this time. Uh, of course, I want everyone who wants to take communion to be a part of this But the people that I want to come first are those who can say deep in their heart, by my God, I can run through truth. He brought me through it. But this morning, by my God, I gotta get over this. I gotta leap over this wall. This brokenness has to go. This bitterness has to be gone. I gotta, I I I can't just get I gotta get over it and you're doing it through His death. And so, what we have is a loaf and some napkins. And this is a crude loaf of bread. And I meant for it to be that way. Because that's the way it was the first time. It wasn't fancy from a bakery. It was what somebody made in an oven out in the yard. And I want you to just... To take the loaf and break you a piece. And I want you just to hold it. You that need to get over it, come first. And I want you to believe something with me. I'm showing forth the Lord's death, the power of His cross, and the power of His resurrection. And the moment I eat this bread, His brokenness heals my brokenness. And the moment I drink this symbolic of his blood, his blood cleanses all of my bitterness. And when that happens, I can dance wildly. I can shout. I can write a song. I can sing. Because by my God, I'm not only through it, by my God, I'm over it. I leaped over the wall. So right now, in Jesus' name, Father, your Holy Spirit's moving here right now you brought us to this moment for a purpose you brought so many of us through so many things not only by God by your grace, by your love, by your mercy, by your healing by your sufficiency, by your Lord, you brought us through it but Lord, we need to get over it heal my brokenness heal my bitterness heal everything shattered in my life so that I can shout, by my God, I've leaped over this wall. I'm over it, in Jesus' name. It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.